Okay, I'm recording. We're going? Can you hear everything? Yeah, we're good now. So, uh, I guess whenever you guys are ready. So welcome to the Minecraft Villagers uh, Oh my fucking god. <laughs> <laughs> Our slogan. I was the, symbol- <laughs> the symbolium of Minecraft Villagers. Yeah, I, whatever, I mean, that. order doesn't matter as long as we get the, you know. It doesn't matter. Important words in there. Villager Symposium of Minecrafters. So how do you feel about um, StarCraft, Julian? Uh, I mean, it's an alright game. What, yeah, about, what, about, the, what about the story? <laughs> oh, alright. So the, the story of StarCraft is super complex and i just read it right before the podcast so i might not get it all that correct but your research immediately begin broadcast (laughs) before broadcast yeah but so basically the story is there's this alien race called the zelnaga and they're just this super advanced like pure very highly intelligent alien race And they just, like, go into other galaxies and just, like, manipulate their DNA and give them purity of form and essence. And so, wait, so, like, like, Nazi style, like, only the perfect shall pass? Or, like, or, like, mad scientists, like, roll up and find a being and, like, morph it? Well, why do they do this? Well, I think they're, like, all, like one with the universe or they realize like the oneness of the universe so they're just trying to like transfer like pure ability to all the other beings in the universe they're basically like bodhisattvas like what bodhisattvas like you you know like in the buddhist tradition how you have like no no idea they're like missionaries basically you know like a bodhisattva is it's like a level of enlightenment in Buddhism. So you become a Buddha, you realize the truth, you become enlightened, and then you can either decide to just go full subjective mode into your your imagination or re-enter the world of humanity and like contribute. And that's a bodhisattva. Yeah, exactly. So they're they're basically going around the galaxy like performing like services to all these aliens. Okay. So let's preface this. I'm I'm on the wiki to preface this. These Zelnaga beings are older than time. They're as old as time. They exist in a way that in in a state where time doesn't matter to them. They exist outside of whatever universe you're currently in. So they can, they can travel between universes freely independent from time yeah and so what you're describing what you're describing what you're describing happens when a new universe is started or created and again the the when is irrelevant they then enter that universe as a physical form and they seed that universe with life they are essentially what our level of intelligence would would foresee as not foresee would understand as as gods basically yeah um but they're so but they're also looking for like specific forms so like some of their the forms they seed into the universe um 
are not as good as others. Like, obviously, there are, like, the less intelligent animals that are not, like, they're not able to, like, retain the knowledge to become gods later on. But the Zelnaga, they want everybody to become, like, as high as them. So they'll, like, see it's, the universe. Because and then that's, that's, their, that's, their, that's their reproductive cycle, though. That's how they continue to exist. Their species. They're, they're not immortal. Yeah. They're well, not immortal. It says they're not immortal. What, what is their know. goal? What is their ultimate goal? Okay, so yeah, literally, so this is their method of self-preservation is by, is by finding other species, okay, uplifting them to their level and basically assimilating them as one of them. It's like almost, it's like a billionaire adopting a kid. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's like, like unity from Rick and Morty. To, to ensure that 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 the, the the person they want will be the next billionaire, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. So they they go and do that to the uh, the Protoss, which are these. They're kind of similar to the um, um, the aliens, the Covenant in Halo. Like they're uh, they have like psionic abilities, and they're Brain very powers. powerful. But they also like use like olden style like. You know, like they still use swords of like light and stuff like that. So you have, you have this god society of Zelnaga, and they they have chosen this species, yeah, Protoss, as to, to as their next target to ascend to godhood. But they tried to do it, and then the Protoss are like they push them too quickly, and they go okay. insane. Because, oh. like, the link becomes, like, severed between the Protoss and the Zelnaga. Because, like, basically they have, like, some sort of, like, internal conflict. The Protoss do, where they're not able to, like, take in all that knowledge as quickly as they would want to. And the Protoss, like, revere the Zelnaga's gods. But then when their link is broken to them, they go, like, crazy and start a civil war with each other. And okay. then, like once, once the link to them, so they have a psionic link. They have, they have, a, they have, they, they're, they, they are linked mentally, right? What, why do they fight? Why are they now fighting? Well, they're fighting each other because um, that's like the one thing that held together their societal structure. Right, but what are, what are they? What are they fighting over? You have Bob and Sally are now fighting purely because. They're no longer connected to their religion. It doesn't make any sense. There's got to be some kind of driving conflict. What are they fighting for? There's just three uh, different castes, like different uh, people within the Protoss race, and they each use the... Um, they, they find out once the link is severed that they can use the technology from the Zelnaga, and then they sort of, like, assimilate the... Uh, technology into their uh, being. So they're finding each other basically because like, over belief over how to use the technology. Okay. And so there's, 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 there's one group of these protests that wants to use the technology for what? And what does the other group want? Um, I think they want to uh, use the technology to re- uh, form the link to the Zelnaga, and then okay. the other one group. One they, one group wants to reconnect with the gods, and the other group wants to. 
it just stay as is, I think. Okay, cool. So perfect. Now, now we've kind of come. So, full, so first full circle on the. Now we've come full circle on the on the on the conflict, and maybe Will can summarize here. Yeah. So I'm just trying to understand. So the the Zelnaga basically trained the Protoss, and then the Protoss kind of became like equals, like equally powerful. And then no. the Protoss turned on Zelnaga. No, I don't think so. No, no. no. So they, the Zelnaga, like, tried to form a psionic link. So they linked the minds with the Protoss to try to teach them stuff. But then they couldn't handle all the, like, information. So the Protoss, like, uh, basically were driven insane by all the information. Right, and, right. But if the Zelnaga is so much more powerful, then why is it even a fight? Like, can't the Zelnaga just crush them? Hold on. All right. Well, are you ready? I, I've got this. Okay. So the Protoss was like this tribe of essentially group hunting and warriors. Just think cavemen-esque. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. These gods come in and these gods are like, we can accelerate their intelligence and their development, and their technology, and we're going to do it. So they just start like pumping these dudes full of God power to make them smarter and more technologically advanced. And right. they keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And finally, the, the, the Protoss with their little, with their smaller brains, they can't handle it anymore. They they mentally snap. Gotcha. Once they mentally snap, they're no longer in communications with these gods. And so there's one group of them that wants to reestablish this communication and another group of them that wants to stay as it is and doesn't want to go towards the god beings ever again. Yeah, and they're called the uh, Dark Templar. So actually they're like, it's kind of funny that because uh, if you look at like Carl Jung's, uh, you know, like, dark side of the uh personality it's like literally you have the like lower ego form which is the dark templar and then you have the high templar which are supposed to be the more like uh, energetically assimilated kind so let's let's so there's three in starcraft there's three tribes right Hold on. Let's let's not let's we don't I don't think we have time to go down that road. I think we're wrapped in this. Yeah, that's that's just let's, the protoss. There's that's there's, just the protoss. So <laughs> let's, but let's no, like let's seriously let's 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 bring this to let's let's bring this to reality. Imagine imagine that like being a Christian of faith granted you some kind of real actualized physical power compared to like a non believer in the real world. Right, where, where do you stand morally on that? Like, do you mean, do you think that people eventually start believing, and or are following this being? Well, like, in a way, it kind of does. Like, you you associate yourself with a, an institution that's so powerful as the Catholic Church, and it like actually does grant you uh, social powers. Right. I mean, th- well, that, that's what presidents do. Like, presidents, most of them just say, "Yeah, I'm Christian because I need that money." <laughs> Yeah, and then you have, so you have the Dark Templar, they're kind of like people, it's like basically if the Christian church had some like definitive proof that God existed, but then once the connection was severed, they just used the technology from God to just like basically like take over society, Um, and it still gave them like unprecedented power. Like, imagine, like, God left behind, like, a fusion energy crystal or something right, like that. Right, right, right. It's, 
it's not that they're necessarily connected with God or even will be successful, but the, I think the dispute is actually over uh, power. So like one person, although he may say that he wants to use the power to reestablish the connection to God, um, I think that the like friend group just believes that he just wants power, and that's where the dispute is. As a metaphor to that, you could say that the like Jesus was like the technology of Christianity that God left oh, behind. hundred percent. And it was 100%. wisdom. That's, I think that's the easiest conversation here. Not even as wisdom. Like, let's, don't even take it that deep. Let's say God <laughs> left behind. We're not even like, not even as a Christian, like I'm not even going to call it a religious podcast, but let's just take the story as a story. Yeah. Like God leaves behind Jesus. And, and I think that's exactly the, the talking point here is that, you have one group of individuals that want this power and you've got the other group of individuals who, despite the fact that, you know, the power is supposedly for good and for the betterment of the world, they're like, nope, he should die. We don't need it. Get it out of here. Yeah. This is and not I think, such... I think and then, one... Sorry. It's crazy because it's actually almost completely mirrored. The StarCraft story almost is perfectly ripped out of this because look what happened. They crucified him. Right, so we lose the connection. Quite literally, he's no longer on Earth, and, and he is in a different way. He leaves behind his spirit, his religion, and now you have two. You have two groups of conflict as a result of that. One group that wants to go closer to God, that, and another group that says he doesn't exist, not real, and that you should you're wasting your time. Yeah, yeah, and then you have all the, you have all the sects that branch out from Christianity. Yeah, yeah, and then it, and then it evolves and. Expand. It's even more pronounced in Islam, where there's still like yeah. some crazy violent stuff going on over that. So, the long story short is, StarCraft, you stole your entire game lore from the Bible. It's pretty woke. Um, we're calling you out, Blizzard. Blizzard, hire better writers. We figured it out. Or hire us. The other like issue is, so if so, this brings up an interesting point. It's like. So the Zelnaga, they're not necessarily like the creators of the universe, or there's no like, uh, they create like life in other galaxies, right? But you don't know like what created them. So like the interesting question is, like if some alien presented itself as a god to you because it had like more power over you, mm -hmm. then would uh, you would you subscribe to that? Yeah. Well, and that's the interesting thing is like a lot of religions um subscribe to this idea that just because something created you that you should uh worship it but you know even if you encountered some being that created you you don't know like what level of power that being had because you're not living in that and, and, and it's also like it's awful like you don't know if, if you are relatively created as its worm or as its perfect specimen you could be dust to it you could be a mistake have you guys seen I, the alien movies yes that's, that's a great example of a they create they create these humans and then all they want to do is destroy them because they realize it was a mistake <laughs> yeah um, well and i think the worst movie of the group but the best one explaining it is you got to watch prometheus i love that movie it's 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 incredible alien covenant's really good too yeah so let, let's 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 on the specific topic well 
you you become aware or in contact with the being that created you or his higher power are you subscribing to worship it or would you rather well hold, hold on a sec hold on a sec how how can i be sure that it created me and is it telling me that it created me does it have yeah, proof you become aware of this greater being you're in communication with it you have you have certifiable proof that created you it's of a much higher intelligence it's better right. than you in every way do you subscribe to worshiping it and following it or do you want it to go away and you want to continue your life without it well i would treat it like i would treat a mentor i wouldn't worship them but i would, I would be friendly i'd be like yo what's up <laughs> you know let's let's kick what's it up? what's up godly alien yeah, yeah like i want to hang out with you <laughs> okay julian yeah, I definitely would just hang out. I mean, that's um a safe distance. Uh, you're, you're not going to become a zealot, dude. Dude, think about it. Like, but like, when do you like it when people worship you? It feels weird and creepy, right? Yeah. You like it when people are just like your friend, I not agree. if they're like stalking you. Egotisticals either. I want to be so sure, bro. <laughs> um, I'm in the same place. I don't think I'm going to worship it. I, I think I actually end up taking the stance that I want it to go away and my life to continue. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm comfortable enough in the worlds of the, in the rules of this universe in this world. I don't need any anything extra on top of the crazy shit that's already going on in the world. So, uh, God alien, get out of here! I don't need to talk to you. Rad. Well, so then, like uh, going back to the story. So after their uh, the Zelnaga go to the Protoss and it doesn't work, then they encounter the the Zerg, which is like this. Actually, they are basically like the alien. Uh, like from the movie Alien, like they're they're like a like well not exactly. The same, you guys, like a, you guys realize there's some Starcraft guy right now going. These guys are idiots. That are fuck they're talking about. They're completely wrong about this entire story. Yeah, probably. Hundred percent. That's great. He should. He or she should. Uh... Come on the show. <laughs> Come on the show. Starcraft nerd. We would like. We would like to be proven wrong. We're already famous. Um. Anyway, so where did the where so the Zerg are this second species separate from this, and what are the Zerg? What's up with them? What are they doing right now? They're they're basically like the the Formix from Ender's Game. So they're like a, okay. a hive mind kind of species. So um, they're they're like they're like ants. Well, not exactly. So flying ants. No. So the um, <laughs> <laughs> the Zalnaga they. They found this one creature called the, uh, I think it was called the Overmind, okay. which, which is just one creature that is not specifically Zerg, but he's like his own like being, you know what I mean? And he goes into like other galaxies and like takes over uh, and reincarnates different species and like adds it to his like collection. Collection, yeah, basically. Okay, I'm gonna go on a limb here. I think I'm ready to pass judgment. Uh, the Zelnog are assholes. I, I think they're assholes. Seriously. Don't let them hear uh, you, dude. Uh, I, no, I They'll think, spite I think, you. I think in this story, I think no matter where you go, with, and I know you're gonna get into Terran and, and, and the other species that they interact with, I think no matter where you go, I view them as the bad guys and the assholes. Because here is my here is my basic summary: is that if they stop their reproductive cycle and cease to exist, um, the, the timeline continues. They're not doing anything to greatly actually better society. 
they're they they don't even exist in society they choose to enter the societies and it seems that they just screw everything up by trying to quote enlighten these other beings that were probably chilling so they're the egotists I think I think the Zeldagas are the bad guys. I think they're a holes. I think that the, I, I I don't know the whole story, but I think that when Julian continues the Starcraft story, the entire war is going to be because of them, and it's going to end up that they just suck. I think the God aliens suck. It's a, I've passed judgment. Wait, I, wait, I have a question. What if the Protoss had this contact with this super powerful uh, being and got this technology? How can the other tribes even compete? Like, how can the Zerg even compete with the Protoss? Well, that's the thing is... Once they, they, but they lost that. They lost that connection. Yeah, once the connection was lost, the... Um, it was severed. The uh, Zelnaga actually went to the Zerg. Because they were looking for species with purity of essence, and the Zerg was the next, like, species that could also possess uh, psionic abilities. So they tried to do it to the uh, Zerg next. And did it work? Um, Simplified. Did it? Did it work? I think. Um, we've we've run out of research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we should all pass our philosophical judgment on the topic and move on to Will's segment on RuneScape. Um, I'll say my opinion again. Zelnaga are assholes. They should not get involved. Frig off. Go back to your other universe. Leave the bugs and the robots alone. Will? What's up? Past judgment on the story. Uh, okay, wait, wait, um, okay. I found out what happened. So. What happened to Zel- Let me guess. Zelnaga's fucked everything up. No, so the... Well, actually, it's like a whole AI situation. So the, okay. the Zelnaga, they made the Overmind, which is basically what started the Zerg. And then the other they, man got too smart and he severed yeah. his connection. And that, that's what I thought. Zonaga suck. They suck. Yeah. <laughs> They're assholes. In a rogue AI that, that started an entire species that's, that's now at war with other species. They suck. I mean, you got to give them credit though. Like <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. They suck. All they're doing is... is they are going, they are handing huge amounts of money to gangs. That's what they're doing. Well, you could say the same thing for, like, um, like basically, if there was any, like, intelligent force that created humans, you could say the same thing. Like, yeah, that's why? true. <laughs> no, because, because it's not, it, no, because it's not actively intervening right now. It created them and it fucked off. They created us, and it's, it's well. We don't. We don't. We don't know how long know it, it intervened. We, <laughs> we, we agreed. We've only lived like less than three decades, right? But the, the most, the, the the most, the most reasonably accepted story is it created us. We crucified its its messenger, and it, and it fucked off. It's not like anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I guess my point about that is like. Humans is like a perfect example. Like, um, we're kind of assholes. You know what I mean? hundred percent. hundred percent. If there was something that created us, then yeah. it would be a mistake, definitely. But then at the same time, I'm I'm glad as a human that I was created. Well, what if you so, created yourself? But, well, so you don't even go there. Don't even go. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. Stop. Stop. Don't even do it. 
Nope. You can't make the argument like you can't make the argument. Spoiler alert. That, like, <laughs> but that like oh like fuck this like creation now it's at war and killing itself or killing other versions of itself because if you didn't create it then there wouldn't be any war to begin with yes but then there would never have been. I want war. you. I want yeah. you. Here's, so a, here's a, a, my argument for agreeing. I want you too, I want baby. You to name a name a time in human history. <laughs> Okay, that a society of higher power and technology has gone to and found a lower society and actually done good. Well, never. It has never think, ever worked out. Ever. Well, I think I think what slavery, I, I think influenza. That, I think the <laughs> is it's, it's More like slavery is actually like um, it's like as if um, we went to like a hamster. And gave the hamster like the brain of a human. It's the same shit as colonization. We're like, teehee, we have guns in Christianity. Boop, 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 sail across the sea. We're gonna make everything. No, I think, I think, I actually like that that analogy, Julian. Like, if you put a a human brain in a hamster body, like, imagine the existential crisis you would have if you woke up as a human in a hamster body. (laughs) I would kill myself today. Pretty much, yeah. If you if you had all recent memory of being or. Or you just be like, I'm gonna make the most of this hamster life. <laughs> I'm gonna look up so many skirts. It's gonna be great. For what purpose? You no longer have a human penis. You can't fuck it. Oh well, damn, I, that's all right, true. All right, we need to go to the next house. <laughs> all right. Well, my Minecraft RuneScape. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent about thirty seconds thinking about this, and um, good, 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 good. I think like. RuneScape is one of those games where it's kind of like, uh, make your own morality. So like, slow down, slow down, cowboy. Why don't you tell us what RuneScape is? Like you're explaining it to a five year old. Need simple explanation here. Okay, okay. RuneScape is a game. video game. It's a video game. Yes, it's a role playing game. You build your own character from scratch, and by uh, doing what? Well, by creating an account. and choosing choosing a name choosing what your character looks like um and it's a medieval fantasy game and uh you start out as like basically like a five-year-old you don't know how to do anything and over many hours of training you train your character to become like really good at fishing and bows and arrows and swords and magic you could you could choose to do that you could also choose to just run around and troll naked. people for hours. Yeah, naked. naked. Yeah, you can. There are ways to make yourself naked. So, you have a sandbox world. There's some guidelines. There's some people in the game that maybe show you on the way and guide you to do certain things. But objectively, you could really do whatever you wanted. Yeah. So I, I actually, when I played, um, for a lot of the time I played, I was, I decided to be a villain. Like I would just go around killing people and I would always keep my, my chat off so that I couldn't see what they were saying. I would just totally ignore them as I killed them. (laughs) (laughs) But, but I want to slide out here. How did point where you were able to sounds very easily kill other people? Um, practice. Like, so you practice for, I would would assume you practice for a long time. Yes. Yeah, a very long so time. You, you practiced for a very long time to simply so run around, around naked stabbing people. I, I practiced I practiced RuneScape like a pro athlete would practice their sport. 
Tw- it, like it, 12 it, hours a day. 12 hours a day. How old were you? Um, at my peak, like 13, but I started when I was playing, seven. You started when you were seven. Five years later, you're 13. How much are you playing a day? Um, not great math on your part, but uh, yeah, seven, about eight, eight to 12 eight hours to a day on average. How are you playing eight to 12 hours a day at the age of 13? Um, I would do my homework in class so that whenever I wasn't in school or sleeping, I'd be playing. I would wake up early in the mornings and play before school. You would play before school? Yeah, and then I would play after school. And then all night if I could. I didn't sleep much either. And you were doing this so that you could practice and be better so you could run around and kill other people without talking to them? Well, I did it mainly because it was fun. There was nothing in my life that was so exhilarating as being good at RuneScape. But it was also because I started becoming famous. Stop, 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 stop. Say that again. You were doing it because there was nothing in your life that was... That was more exhilarating than being good at RuneScape. Like, just being so good at something and being able to just dominate everyone. Right, right. right. Do you think that that's a problem with video games nowadays? Do you think... I know, actually, I know the answer to this question. I think there's an entire culture. Culture, I think there's an entire mass frenzy of individuals who play video games for self-verification for to feel like they're good at something to feel like they're winning to feel like something is good but isn't that why anyone does anything yes 100 percent. so video games so is just I, another avenue it's an avenue but i so the, the, the argument is, is it a purposeless avenue what is it leading to i mean i think it's more sophisticated than most avenues because more I mean, looking at like look at like some of the like like uh, clickbait stuff you can like see on like Facebook, where you like you get a dopamine release from like yeah. uh, you know like okay. a like or something. But then okay. like a video game, you have to put a lot of time into it. You gotta think. You gotta learn new skills. You gotta be social with people if you're if it's a team game. You know. So if anything, in this modern society, it's probably uh, higher on my list of things. Uh, in in terms of uh, you know some uh, achievement wise, because like I think that's the difference between like uh, a- achieving something that's like kind of dry and something where it's like it makes you feel more fulfilled. But 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 okay, let's say that my avenue is underwater basket weaving, and that's what I do. Tw- at least then I'm creating a product. I'm doing something. I'm making something that contributes. Well, but the cyberspace is not any different than the real space. I mean, we're we're becoming integrated as Hold a society, on. both. So, well, well, yeah. When you were playing RuneScape thirteen hours a day, what were you contributing to society? Um, well, I was contributing to the RuneScape community. That's, I mean, to the, to the community within the. The, game's the thing is, though, I was, I was not, I but was not. Weren't, but you weren't, you weren't contributing. You were running around naked, killing people for fun, <laughs> without talking well, to them. Well, here, okay, that. here, here's what I was gonna say. After that, is that when I was that age, I wasn't very woke, so I wasn't really, I was totally egoic. I was not focused at all on doing good for my, for whatever community I was a part of. So I, when I was playing RuneScape, I was pretty much a tyrant. Because Which, the, the the platform gave you the power to be one, right? And and I also think right, like right. it gave me no, but it was a learning experience. Like it gave me like a virtual space to explore power and greed and fame. Do you, but you don't okay. 
you don't think that if you were playing outside, you wouldn't have also learned that? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it wasn't totally um, a waste of time. Like I learned a lot about okay. life from it. And it was, it's interesting because it was kind of like a, like a medieval drama. Um, when I first started playing, I was like this innocent kid and then right. one one, fra- one friend betrayed me, another friend stole from me, another friend stole my account. Like I started beginning, really? yeah, and I, I got like, like my heart turned cold throughout my process of playing the game. So that by the time I was really good, I just like, I had all this anger in my heart. Like I, I was just like cold, I was just icy cold. And I just didn't care about anyone. <laughs> and I used that power in really <laughs> in a moral way. You know, that's interesting, like, uh, like one thing, so I used, oh to, I, I used to play uh, StarCraft, like that was my game. And there was like, I know, we just talked about it. <laughs> there was the equivalent for multiplayer called, uh, it was called like BMing someone. So it stood for bad manners. So, like, at the right. beginning of every game, you had to introduce yourself by saying, good luck, have fun. And then when you finish the game, you're supposed to type GG or good game. And at the time, there was a lot of like professional StarCraft players uh, going on like platforms like MLG or Global StarCraft League or what have you. And there were a couple players, like in particular, one named Idra, who was known or famed for having bad manners. So every time <laughs> he lost, he would leave without saying anything. And I remember, like as a teenager, I actually really looked up to Idra because. Um, I thought it was cool that he was like breaking with uh, the culture for StarCraft. That was me, dude. You, Will, you thought it was, okay, stop. You thought it was cool that he was, had bad manners. Well, because, you know, like when you're a teenager, you're kind of like focused on being like anti. Or just different different for the sake of different. There's also something like romantic about the player who doesn't care about communication, just only cares at being as good at the game as they possibly can. But that wasn't either of you. Well, nobody. <laughs> well, yeah, that was me later on in the game. Later, you you reached, but you you had a so you will you almost had a, you had a phys- philosophical and moral journey within the game, right? Dude, my like half my childhood was on RuneScape, and, and it, it formed the person you are today. You would think, you would say. It I mean, not 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 completely, but in in a it big was a huge part of it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. In the same way that maybe being a part of a little league team would form be a huge part of the person you are down the line, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a fair argument, right? And so yep. I think there's going to end up a lot of two groups of people. A lot of people that say video games, no, 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 that cannot be the same as. And then there's going to be a group of people that like 100% as a social avenue. It can be the same. It can provide this developmental thing. It can. It can provide an online community it can provide friendship and simulation and these good things and there's people that are like nope the real world's better yo and i I actually there's two fields of thought on that i mean i actually like met uh like people online from video games that i ended up like being friends with in real life uh just uh through meeting them at various because i i went and competed at mlg when i was younger so i like met some of the people that i used to play with online and uh we actually ended up being like pretty close friends during right. that time period so it's almost like a 
literally, like you say. <laughs> yeah. So because 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 this is feeling very happy and good, I'd like to ruin everything now. Will, when did RuneScape start going bad for you? Because it did. Um, it didn't. I wouldn't say it went bad. Um, I, I well, I would say the ending. The ending of it was good overall so basically what happened was um my freshman dark age there was a dark age but it was before the end i would say um because the the end my end the end of my career with runescape was kind of like a bright light of a new beginning but um so what would bad what happened so so i would say that the worst part of it was um when i was like 12 13 I was the best I'd ever been at the game. I was the most famous on the game I'd ever been. And it had, cons- like, I had been playing it for so long. It had consumed my life Completely. so much. And, like, I didn't have, I, I, like, I didn't feel human anymore. I felt like my character on RuneScape was more me than, your personality. than Will. And um, that's when I realized, and I, I was, I was growing into adolescence, so I wanted to, like, Go to, I want to start going to parties. I want to start like get a girlfriend, and I was like, I, I don't know if I can handle having a social life as a right. as a like blooming teenager and continue playing Jimmy RuneScape is. like this. Would you say you're addicted? Oh hell yeah! What were you? I was, it was it was air what to me. Addicted, what were you addicted to? What part of it was addicting? Was I was I was addicted in the same way that that people are addicted to their ego. Like it was such what? a big part of me, I couldn't let go of it. Okay. As an addict, though, right? You're logging on every day. Where, what's the high? What are you? What are you chasing for when you log in? What are you trying to get to? Um, in the beginning, it was just pure love of the game. But by the time I was 13, it was about um, the videos I was making on YouTube that were getting thousands of views and the the likes and the comments and just the it was the fame was, basically. It was, there was an amount of fame that you were just like. You I mean, everywhere I went on the game, people would follow me and like beg me to talk to them and stuff and and that's that's where the coldness really was apparent well i would i loved ignoring people because it 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 showed me like they could beg me for my attention and i could ignore them and it would like show them that i was better than them it it would give you a high yeah but it it was ugly did you react um like did that fuck you up socially like being in school or whatever and and having that like power trip and then you know, going to class where you're, you know, seemingly like normal. Well, I was living, I was living a double life because on the internet, I was this famous RuneScape god. And then at school, like, because I played so much RuneScape, I didn't really understand verbal communication, like face to face. Well, not well. Like, I don't know. I was, I was pretty awkward. Like I would, I would say off-putting things at the wrong time. You know, like, so, uh, yeah, I, I was a super quiet kid at school and I, I was quiet on RuneScape too, but I was quiet in like a loud sort of way. Like my silence was like part of my famous characteristic or characteristic of my fame. So yeah, it was weird. I was, I was living a double life and and the way it ended was, um, my YouTube account got hacked and it got deleted and lost everything. Well, I didn't lose my RuneScape account, but at that point, the only thing that, the only reason I was still playing the game was for the YouTube fame. And when my YouTube account got hacked and deleted, um, and it was also at a time when like, and I think this is still the case, like it's impossible to get in touch with YouTube. So I couldn't get my account back. Um, 
yeah that was it i just i said okay screw it and around that time i had started play, i had started like really getting into music so i just said forget about runescape i'm gonna start and making you found, music. A, you found a better passion yeah exactly and in, in hindsight it was like it was a great unfolding because then i just started working on music which is i mean r- music is way cooler than runescape you know when all, when all things are said and that's done that's <laughs> the uh, that's the clickbait for this episode music is cool <laughs> don't tell the At people the still grinding <laughs> uh, right there's people still doing it right yeah okay well i mean i'm glad that you learned something from it and that should we touch i feel like we didn't touch on the morality though well, I, I think I think we did not the morality, but the philosophy. I think I think I don't think there was anything morally wrong with what you were doing. I don't think there was anything morally wrong with the game makers letting you do it. I don't think at all. I, I think that was just free will exemplified. I think that's all it was. Well, philosophically, there's a lot of issues. <laughs> a ton of issues. Morally, I don't I don't see anything morally wrong. Honestly, I really don't. Besides, besides you running around naked killing people fun no i wasn't naked i wasn't naked you were killing naked people i was naked in real life always <laughs> no, i'm just kidding wait 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 so so what were the what are the physical philosophical issues i get i mean it's just the like reason imagine. the reason for why you were doing it at the, at the, oh by, yeah. At the, by, yeah by the time I, th- I think that it it fed something within you that was it was uh, egoic it was it was an egoic yeah I wasn't trying to make the RuneScape community better. I mean, actually, I mean, I was no, contributing. No, 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 hold on, hold on. I was, con- talk about- I was contributing to um, the creative filmmaking aspect of RuneScape. Because, like, one of the reasons why I was so famous is because I was introducing editing techniques that RuneScape players had never seen. So, I was contributing to, like, the filmmaking part of it. But in terms of, like, social um, you, you cohesion... You objectively had success as an innovator. Yeah. Right? Yeah, as a filmmaker. Not to say that you aren't a successful person. Why haven't you been able to replicate that pattern again on a bigger scale in something else? What's missing now? Like Why in in real life, right? Or Well, know, well actually, I would what, say... What's, what's missing? I would know? say that I have. Like, you have? I think, I think my biggest success since RuneScape has been... Um, my spiritual path and like just opening my mind up to the the truths of the universe and i mean like like now that i've like i've i've experienced and discovered certain things that um make every literally everything else worth it so it's it's not like a material or physical success but i feel like for everything i do from now on that the success I've had recently is the foundation for. And do you think that you're you're searching this internal success, this this moral philosophical success, because where you came from was so fake and materialistic and just an online fake world? Do you think this is a this is a rebellion from that world? I think um, a rejection. I've thought about this a lot. I think I I spent so much of my childhood in a virtual world that discovering the real world it it was like um th- like there's this movie kicking and screaming with Will Ferrell 
and yep. like there's some kid who's he's the goalie and he's yeah. always missing like the, the yeah. he's always letting in balls in the net and then they put glasses on him and he's like holy shit grass is green <laughs> so, he's, he's a god then he's an amazing goalie so i think what happened to me is as soon as i like took my attention away from video games and started looking at the real world it was like whoa like this shit is like really interesting it's like i had gla- it's like i had glasses on me and actually it's kind of ironic because i started wearing glasses a year before i quit runescape <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, my my topic is not going to be as interesting as um, alien gods and subscribing to them or <laughs> an incredible... It's not, it didn't lead me to some crazy journey, but um, it does start with Pokemon. I have a small story about Pokemon. When I was probably like 2001, 2002, I was like probably seven or eight, I got a Game Boy Color. For the uninitiated, Pokemon is essentially a game where you go around befriending animals, capturing them, and then making them fight other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Animal cruelty. You, you essentially, when you say it out loud, it's horrible. You essentially play as a character who's, you want to be the, the best trainer ever. So you're going to go find the best creatures, put them on your team, and make them fight other people who supposedly have the best creatures. And that's the whole game's journey. You're going to be the best. Um. And it's a single-player game. Back in that era, it was a single-player game, except for you could play with, you could battle your friends. We'll get to that. So I dumped hours into this. It was the only game I have, and I have a, I have distinct, distinct memory. Um, the save high, my save file had like 125, like 125 hours and 15 seconds. That number is so clear. 125 hours on one save file on one character in this little Game Boy Color. I thought I was the god. I got so good, I was just beating the end game bosses over and over and over again because that was fun to me because I could always win and it was the hardest thing in the game and I could always win. And then one day, I'm sitting in actually backstage at, a, at one of my mom's ballet shows and there's another kid who has a Game Boy and he wants to battle me and he completely wipes the floor. <laughs> I'm, I'm trash. Within the game... I'm a god. But the, the first interaction I ever had with being, uh, I was apparently garbage. Um, this had an interesting reaction with my personality, I think, because uh, I don't know. I never, became, I never became a competitive Pokemon player, but I think it, it made me realize that um, there were other things out there that I should go after and try to be good at. Um, and that it clearly was not Pokemon Crystal in the Game Boy Color. <laughs> I mean, what do you think that, uh, that, like, do you think that had, like, an effect on your personality, like, losing, like, that badly at a young age? It's something that you really enjoyed? You, you know, it, it taught me, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, it taught me a lot about power structures because. At the time, in, in my direct group, little tiny group of friends, I, I think I kind of thought I was the king. Like, my mom, my mom, and, like, all the other kids there, like, knew that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's an inherent power structure there, right? And then, like, this kid that's older than me, um, you know, comes in, and, like, he doesn't really have that respect or power because my mom still runs the ballet studio. My grandma still owns this place. 
But then he introduces something that everybody universally respects, Pokemon. So even the kids that respected me, they respect Pokemon too. When he beats me at Pokemon, that power structure is completely upset. I lost a lot in that. Yeah. Um, what do you so, think the... Do you think the moral implications of the game should be something considered at all? Um, because if you think of it sort of just objectively, like as if you were just entering this world like for the first time without any lens on it, you see this like simulation that we're giving to a child. Yeah, uh, 100%. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's teaching the child like, Let's abduct this other sentient yeah. being yeah. and cage it, and then oh my know, god, yeah, and then force <laughs> it to fight. That, yeah, it's crazy, right? If we, if we all three of us sit here and, and we say, okay, let's pretend like we have a person in front of us that has no idea what Pokemon is as a video game, and we need to explain it to him, like it's a good thing. Do your best right now to explain it as a good thing. Go, either of you, try. <laughs> you can't <laughs> let's run through the storyline your your grandpa gives you one of these captured creatures and he's like here's addiction here's a here's a device i need you to go beat up and capture every single one of them that exists in this world for research you That's gotta catch says. them all <laughs> you have to catch every single one that exists for research and you catch them by taking the one i originally gave you using it to beat them to near death and then Trapping them in a ball. <laughs> that is Pokemon. And it's also a sort of like a capitalistic thing too, because uh, you, you're trying to get you know, all of them, you know? All the like resources. All. And then the more, the more <laughs> your uh, Pokemon is, the more ability you have to basically get more or acquire more Pokemon. Yeah, 100%. So even better, here's the, here's the even funnier thing. Let's say in the game you run into another one that you can't beat because it's stronger than you. How do you be, get to a point where you can beat that one that's stronger than you? You go and you beat the living shit out of the weaker ones <laughs> <laughs> for hours. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Why this? This is a for anyone that doesn't know. This is a multi-million-dollar, maybe billion-dollar franchise now. But you know, that's not <laughs> really that different than like, um, like playing sports as a kid. You know, like if you think about the menta- mentality of like playing or being on a sports team. I mean, you're trying to beat the other team, and it's it's a competition. And, and if you lose, I mean, historically, like before we had video games. Uh, it was like you should feel disappointed because you lost, you know. So, it's, but, the, it but seems sports that a are more voluntary. Our... I'll tell you, I'll tell you why it's different, and I'll tell you why Pokemon is a billion-dollar franchise, and why it gets a hall pass, and why there has not been crazy studies about kids wanting to beat animals as a result of it, because the, there is so. The art style and the creatures, it's so disconnected from reality. I don't think that you're able to really make relatable 
connections. I think it's so different. You're running around with like a little green monkey and beating up and catching a cupcake and defeating a guy with green hair who wants to take over the world on, on, on a world that doesn't actually exist where a dragon controls the weather. It's so disconnected from reality. I think it gets a hall pass. It's not quite animal cruelty because they're not quite animals. But they Wait, could I at least... A... Go ahead. I have a theory about it. Um, so is Pokemon... So first question, is Pokemon made by a Japanese company. It is. Are we about to get racist? No, I'm not. I, so basically, uh, if you don't know this about Japan, uh, Japan was largely a uh, monar- monarchy or monarchical. Basically, it, it had a king up until World War II. Correct. And then after World War II, um, we sort of like took over Japan and put all our ideas into all their market. Like right. we would, uh, we had them play baseball and basketball, and uh, we didn't allow them to have a military. And we basically indoctrinated the Japanese culture into our own culture. We basically said, hey, you guys were fucked up for bombing us, so we're going to teach you our ways. And so I kind of wonder if, now this is like, maybe far-fetched or conspiracy theory, but I wonder if, like, Pokemon, since it was a company made in Japan, and allegedly, I would I would think the United States government would work with com- companies to sort of instill capitalism into the Japanese markets. I wonder if Pokemon was a way to instill capitalism into Japan. No effing way. You're, you're suggesting it's an entire conspiracy theory in a coop? Well, I guess a, it's a, a point. It's a point a, well, it's well. They, there was a large effort to instill capitalism into Japan. Yeah, but, but the time the timeline's broken. Yeah, it a point. To, like Pokemon came out in the nineties. Yeah, the timeline's too far away. Well, well, that's not that long if you think about it. I mean, like uh, World War Two was, uh, you know, in the nineteen forties, and then it ended in like forty five, and then. Uh, you know, that's only like one or two generations after World War Two to like instill and radically shift the culture. I mean, it takes longer than two generations to like indoctrinate a culture into a totally different like system. I'm going to go off on a limb and say 53 years, 43 years. No, 53 years is long. I don't think it was a 53 year conspiracy theory. However... <laughs> here's what i will say uh the game the creator based the game off of japan's obsession with bug collecting which makes sense um and it's interesting that have you guys ever seen those videos of like remember the old days of youtube where people uploaded bug fights no they would like put like a spider and a beetle in a jar and watch them fight oh my god but you know what the crazy thing was all, none of these people found like all these people that watched it. They were there's such a tiny audience that thought it was wrong. Like, of course, it's wrong. With it. You think it's wrong? It is wrong, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's and, and then, it's like and dog then, so, fighting. It's just different animals. And 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 then you've got this other 
aspect that I think is key to the Pokemon formula is that the Japanese culture loves the story of from nothing to ascended. They, they love the story of the koi fish that swims upriver and, and ascends to a dragon. In fact, in Pokemon, there is a fish Pokemon that, that at some absurd level becomes a dragon. Um, and in the game, you start out as a nothing, become the greatest trainer ever. So there's, there's a cultural relationship there as well. Um, but I, I still think that it gets a hall pass because it's so far disconnected from reality. I don't think it's relatable enough. I think that it's these little tiny creatures fighting each other hasn't had any serious impact. Despite the fact that the concept is actually, if you think about it, horrendous. Did you guys know However, that, that Pokemon means pocket monsters in Japanese? Yes. I think everybody. <laughs> oh, I, I just learned that from the wiki page. Um. Well, so, okay, so if going back to that, so do you know that the United States has... Uh, Julian, couple, Julian, there like, is oh, no right. way, Julian, there is no way that the Nintendo company is a coup organized with the United States to install... Not, not, a, not a coup. <laughs> it's, like, there is... Uh, well, back here. There was a large effort. There was a large effort to shift the culture after World War II. Like, okay, to but this not- day, to this day, Japan can't have a military. Like, they're actually not allowed. Yeah, actually, I, I to have a military. I read and, a book. Yeah, I don't think it has anything uh, to do with Pokemon. Well, it does though, because um, to like shift the hearts and minds of a culture, you need to. So basically, there's there's a process of. Uh, uh, basically manipulating a culture uh, that the KGB does and the United States does uh, called, uh, uh, I forget the word or term for it, but basically what, what it is is uh, you you can slowly shift a culture towards a specific agenda by like instilling at a young age like these different like ideas. And we've done it like 83 times to various countries. Like we did it to... Uh, British Petroleum did it in Iraq. We did it in Hungary. Uh, we've done it in South America. We've done it in Iran, Afghanistan. So it's not like inconceivable that there would be operations after a large war where Japan bombed us. That and and not only that, but we had a large control the population in Japan. Like we just uh, sent a nuclear warhead into their country, and we're trying to reform the most militant group of people in history and convert them basically into an ally, that there would be like large efforts to uh, basically shift the culture. And like Julian, the way you shift Julian, culture is Julian. through little things. He has like a this. point. What does this have to do with Pokemon? Nothing. Because Pokemon is a, if you look at the game, it's a, is symbolic of capitalism. Like capitalism. Yeah, but, is, okay. But, but but Pokemon was developed by was developed homegrown by a Japanese um, citizen. It released only in Japan, and after it was popular 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 in Japan, then it went to the United States. It happened in the opposite way as you would suggest it to happen if it was a plant or a method. It happened in opposite. No, that's how that's how they do that. Actually, that's um, yeah. You have to remember uh, that the the marketing money has to come from somewhere. Uh, the so. Uh, that's actually how uh, this process uh, happens. When we, so when when KGB or CIA or whichever country like goes into countries and we like, uh, God, I, I I wish I'd remember the the word for it, 
But when we go into countries and we basically like convert them to either capitalism or, you know, Russia converts us into uh, or meddles with our democracy. Isn't that just imperialism? No, no, it's not imperialism. It's a, it's a, it's a process that like these, uh, so basically most of our intelligence, like for the CIA, KGB, uh, 80% of it goes into, uh, basically manipulating cultures, um, towards our agenda. So we don't like, we gather only 20% of our intelligence gathering, like human intelligence, like figuring out like why can you what, like what what in simple terms can you in simple terms because I'm, I'm calling bullshit on this theory well um can you in simple terms tell me what this has to do with pokemon so that, that 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 a normal human being would understand so basically Two there sentences. needs to be a shift uh, politically, ideologically, religiously, uh, culturally towards a certain agenda. And the agenda of the United States at the time... You're already on your make, second sentence. ...was to maintain <laughs> control of the... Like, no, he used an and. Like, he used an and. Uh, okay, which, so. which, is, which is like in conflict because during the Cold War we were fighting Russia. So it's like very important to have the Japanese as an ally, because like if you could plant nuclear warheads in Japan, you could probably fire onto. Okay, Russia. so let me, I think let me I think what straight. Aubrey is saying here is like there's no fucking like way this why, is real or true, and um, this is a complete. Well, no, what, what benefit a, does Pokemon a, have? For, well, for America, tin, this is a marijuana fueled tin foil hat conspiracy. No, no, it's it's actually pulled <laughs> out of a fart in the wind. No, it's actually not. <laughs> It's, it is a process that we do. Um, but there's where, no way but Pokemon so, has so, to do with so it. The, so the benefit of it is to get a group of people like on a consensus to like uh, think a certain way. There needs to be influences from a very young age uh, okay. where you build like a worldview for the people within that country. And we have been doing this historically for the past hundred years going into country and we will systematically change the worldview of the people okay. so that we can predict or try to predict how the people that's will the, so, so that's totally that's totally true but what so what so what, what aubrey's asking i think is what worldview what does, does poke do? wait hold on hold on yeah, what, hold on what 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 worldview does pokemon instill in the youth of japan that, that that America well, would want. Instills, well, Pokemon instills the Western ideals of capitalism. Right. I, I get that. I get that. It's very imperialistic. You go into the wild, you find something lesser than you, you take it, you make it powerful, and you use it for your own gain. You're right. Okay. I get it. Yeah. But that's fine. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That makes a lot of sense. Pokemon shares a lot of concepts of imperialism. The tinfoil hat theory to me is you're suggesting that the United States went into Japan, created the idea of Pokemon, made it a success in Japan so that it would jump back over to the United States and no. form some kind of cultural no. connection. No, that's not what I'm suggesting. So what I'm suggesting is there are subtle influences or influencers that we set in motion within Japan. And sometimes it, it sometimes it's not like it's a lot easier than that. Like sometimes it's just as simple, like instilling little ideas 
through like buying and marketing and allowing because we send our money into Japan and some of the money that we send in Japan comes from operatives like CIA. We have people working in Wall Street. We have people working in banking for this reason. So we finance the things that are um, like will help the American agenda, just like China you know, okay. they won't Hold on. Hold on. Let's like now no, it's, it's similar. So like right now, China is doing the same thing. They won't only finance companies. That right. I agree. Are, I get oh, it. Correct. I'm with you. So to, 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 to keep this argument lean, you are saying that America finance, your theory is that America helped finance the popularity of Pokemon because it agreed with their ideals. Yes. And maybe even came up with. Okay, the, wait! Uh, don't complicate it anymore. Let's get. Hold on! Don't complicate it anymore. Let's let's jump on that right now. You are saying that America. That your theory is that America helped finance the popularization of Pokemon because it agreed with their ideals and that it would help install a culture they believed in in Japanese youth. Yep. Will and Will, are you buying this? Um, well, one thing I want to point out is that Japan was an empire before World War II. So I okay. think I think actually in some ways I feel like Japan ideals or, or Japanese ideals and American ideals have always been pretty similar. Well, stop. Well, are you buying? No, though, are you, well, well, are you buying? Well, are you buying Julian's tinfoil hat theory or not? Well, I mean, I don't I don't know the absolute truth. That's what I'm saying. So if you're going to take a side on on someone being right here, I'm calling complete bullshit. Julian thinks it's true. What are you saying? tie break this right now okay i would say it's it's possible but not definite you say it is most likely true or untrue <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> Stop being a pussy. i'd stand. say it's Take possible but not definite <laughs> <laughs> i'd say it's an interesting theory everybody I mean, like everybody everybody I mean, there's there's no summary let me just summarize what's happened in the last 20 minutes. In summary, everybody, Julian believes that America financed Pokemon in order to install capitalistic ideas into the Japanese youth. And that idea is not polarizing enough for Will to make a distinct decision well, on the topic. Well, no, no hold on a sec. <laughs> That's hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Of course, okay. America financed Pokemon because Pokemon is incredibly popular here. Well, no, but 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 did they did they do it to install a mentality in the Japanese youth? Absolutely not. It is a tinfoil hat theory. Someone smoked the Twix, put on a hat, and thought this up. No. Well, I mean, okay. I'm, okay, I, I think everything America does is is to I'm Google promote it. its I'm ideas. I'm like, going. America finance Pokemon. Well, so so there's a to video install on it. a culture. This is not. There's a video well, on it. Well, no, there's a video on what this is what this methodology is is called is by julian Murray, do you have uh, any points of evidence in relation to pokemon though well it's not about pokemon it's just about it's about so i i remember the word it's called it's called subversion tactic. I'm dying. So, so subversion is a tactic formed by the kgb and well it, the united states does it more often actually but subversion basically is the idea where you go into a country and you subvert your ideas through culture, influence, and uh, media. Julian, 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 we are not using Pokemon to subvert the Japanese youth. Well, it's subversion. It's, not like, <laughs> it's a Japanese subversion. Is, so, so you're looking at it. You're like, you're like picturing people like in a room, like in say, like 
you say like oh oh you're so, like, okay oh, hold on, let's, hold on. You're wait a minute like like some mastermind going in right 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 wait, wait i think we're about to agree are you saying it could have happened as a natural byproduct of each culture no well, i was just about to say that i was just about to say i was gonna agree with you the, i would well, agree with you i, I, I think if anything's happening on. here it's the japanese government subverting their own youth because I agree. the, the I, Japanese on, culture no, Jillian, is to be I the think, best I think you can we've be, something right? important here. I agree. I think that because Pokemon agreed with basic American, because maybe, 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 tinfoil hot, maybe, because it agreed with American ideals, it became popular subconsciously. Not purposefully, not masterminded, but maybe it subverted accidentally because it agreed. Well, that's, that's what... I agree. Is. I agree. I agree. So subversion that is... I'll buy. Subversion is not always direct. Subversion is like setting things in motion. So I'm saying like during World War II, we went into Japan and consci consciously like set in motion different no, it, cultural look, ideals. You're, 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 losing, then, you're losing me with the word consciously because the Pokemon argument, this shit was not conscious. Right, I, think we, I think we should move on from this. <laughs> because it's a tinfoil hat theory. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. it's pretty obvious that empires, you know, they they promote their ideals. Yeah. And I think Japanese ideals and American ideals are actually pretty similar. Like, you know, be the best you can be, obsess over the details, you know, um, monopolize. Like that's those uh, are ideals of America and Japan. So. As a closing. Maybe statement. Pokemon is a is a point of agreement for America and Japan, and that's why it's so that successful in both. I will agree with you on that. I think you're 100% right. And as a closing statement, I'll say this. If anybody can come onto this podcast and provide with evidence and reference the concept that America used Pokemon to subvert Japan, I will pay them $100. I'll pay them $100. I'll pay them $10 a minute to talk on the topic if they have evidence. I will pay them. I will pay them to come onto the show and argue that if you have proof. I'd be interested in seeing that. If you have proof, come out and say it. If you believe Pokemon converting the Japanese youth, please come on the show. I feel like our podcast would shut wanted, down for that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I would only dream. That would be my greatest dream. Okay. Should we, do we have like a five-minute closing topic that will not devolve into a CIA I think level we should talk about the morality of video games as a whole. As a whole? <laughs> Yeah, like, because video games are becoming, especially with, especially with virtual reality, and, like, as, as video games get more and more immersive, like, they're going to start taking over people's lives in a bigger and bigger way to the point where people's people might just live their whole lives in virtual worlds, like, 20 years yeah. from now. I, I, I agree with you. Um, on that note, the next topic of our next episode will be on the role of AI in the future. So I don't think... Talk about I don't think enough people have covered that, Aubrey. <laughs> well, I think we should cover it because we're in the generation that's really about to be relevant to the issue. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think video games are morally wrong, man. I, I just, I think it all depends on the level of interaction you carry. That's what makes it wrong or right you know what i'm saying the level of interaction right man i think it's morally wrong to spend your entire time playing them i think it's morally wrong to on the flip side deny someone else from enjoying it i think it's like you drinking think, 
you think it's more than long to <laughs> spend i think money? it's i think i think it's like drinking seriously yeah it's like drinking it's, it's like alcohol yeah i agree well not totally though because i would say it's it, it can have some like benefits developmentally so like, can I, drinking. I, definitely, I definitely think <laughs> so <that> can drinking <laughs> Well, the, the amount that alcohol has helped me develop socially is magnificent. Yeah, yeah that's true. Same yeah. with video, but and and as we found out with Ru- same with Will's video games, game story. Yeah. Same with video games. Yeah, my typing skills are off the chart because of RuneScape. Because I would I would be killing people and typing to my friends at the same time, <laughs> but ignoring the people you were killing. Oh, of course, they're the enemy. You don't talk to the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody would, would anybody like to say goodbye to everyone? Will closing. Um, thank you for listening. I mean, don't flood my Twitter. Like I'm already famous enough. So Julian, anything you'd like to say before we go? Um, the the CIA is subverting the chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Julian has to promote his ideals, man. He has to, he has to expand his empire. (laughs) Just, uh, not everything that I say is meant to be taken literally, except when I talk about Pokemon in regards so to... Subverting the Japanese <laughs> youth. That's the only thing he really cares about. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so um, tune Thank in next time on. on Minecraft Villagers and... <laughs> <laughs> on our next episode, <laughs> are we living in a simulation? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I think that went pretty well. <laughs> <laughs>